Chapter 8 A few parting words for those who choose to begin these practices. First, remember that God gives the increase. Any growth in our lives comes from God. The first beatitude that Jesus gave his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount reminds us that we are all bankrupt. Everything we have is a gift from God, even our very lives. So the fruit of the Spirit that is produced in our lives comes from God's grace. We are not climbing a ladder towards God. We are simply creating the conditions to receive God's grace. This is so important for us to realize as we spend time with the Lord in prayer, in Scripture, while sitting in silence, and in worship with other believers, we create space to receive all that God has for us. In my hometown, our local NBA team gives away 50 free pair of tickets to every home game, including playoff games. However, in order to receive those free tickets, you have to show up and listen for your number to be called. If you don't show up, you don't receive the tickets. When we fail to show up daily to meet with God in our lives, we often forfeit the free grace that God is longing to give us. God has promised in Scripture that His disciples will bear much fruit. The growth is God's work. Cultivating the soil of our hearts is our work. Second, your decision to follow Christ is a marathon not a sprint. When a couple chooses to be married, that is a gigantic decision. After a 30-minute ceremony, they will be married. However, it will take a lifetime of deciding to choose one another for them to stay married for 50 years. In the same way, the decision to follow Jesus is made in a moment in time. We are forgiven adopted into God's family, and made a new creation in an instant. But God wants us to grow and bear fruit for a lifetime. When I bought my bonsai tree, little did I know that I had signed up for a lifetime of caring for this little tree. It will take years of practices to help my little bonsai grow into the beautiful work of art I had pictured when I bought it. Growing in Christ also occurs as we commit to a lifetime of spiritual practices that help maintain the conditions for us to be able to be nourished by the living water of the Holy Spirit. Third, be patient with yourself because God is patient with you. Many people give up on the journey of faith because of their own failure. They may set out to cultivate practices like we have discussed in this book, but then they miss a day or a week and decide that they just aren't cut out for the life of faith. Instead of seeing the days we miss as failures, we should realize that every day we show up to meet with God makes a difference. So often, people let yesterday's failure affect today's outcome. If I forget to water my bonsai one day, I just water it the next day. It would be ridiculous for me to give up watering because I had forgotten a day or two. Yet we often decide that we have let God down by not spending time in Scripture or prayer, so we give up altogether. Scripture teaches us that God is patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. We should be patient with ourselves because God is patient with us. 
If we have failed to allow ourselves to be nourished by God through prayer and scripture reading or the like, we can choose to participate in those practices today. Fourth, this is the road less traveled. In a world obsessed with two-day delivery, information at our fingertips, fast food, and having what we want when we want it, choosing to cultivate practices over a lifetime will not be a popular way of thinking about faith. Most of the time, we just want God to fix us. However, I wonder what it might look like if a group of students chose to become bonsai artists in an Amazon world. What would it look like if a group of students chose to invest in spiritual practices for the rest of their lives? What could God accomplish with a group of students whose hearts were composed of the fertile soil of undivided loyalty to Christ alone? What could God do through students who chose to drink from the living water of Jesus through prayer? How could the kingdom of God be displayed through a group of students who decided to allow themselves to be nourished by the word of God and who allowed God to cut out the habits in their lives that were bringing death and destruction? How would our churches be different if some young people decide to learn how to simply be in the presence of God? What would it look like for young people to be invested in their church community, even choosing to learn from the older saints who have walked the road before them? Scripture seems to say that these type of people would bear much fruit. They would be called oaks of righteousness. They would be a tree planted by streams of water that is always in bloom, in season and out of season. It is my prayer that as you leave this camp, you would choose to place some practices in your life that will allow you to grow in Christ for years to come. I pray that you would begin to see evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And maybe you'll end up with a bonsai tree of your own that will sit in your room and remind you of how important daily practices are to nurturing life. Maybe it will remind you to nurture and water your soul. Maybe it will remind you that the life of faith is more of a marathon than a sprint, and that there are things we give our lives to that will last long after we are gone. If nothing else, maybe that little tree will remind you of a commitment you made this week, a commitment that was made in a moment, but will be lived out over a lifetime.